0: Welcome back guys to another episode of um, Chaos Movies, hosted by your man Chris. Um, tonight I'm going to talk about Argo, um, 2012 flick, obviously it's been out for a while, I'm assuming most of you all would have watched it, uh, if you haven't, get yourself to watch it. Um, this movie is impactful, like, it's, it's suspenseful, It's it's also kind of sobering in some ways too, but mostly suspenseful and, um, you know, you, once you get into it, you understand, but it, it's a, a story basically about, um, well, the conflict in Tehran and Iran, sorry. And, um, obviously there's an embassy that has a lot of American workers in there and because they wanted the Shah back and, um, he was hiding out in America and they wouldn't give back to him. The, rebel dictator that was in there at the time just decided to just go nuts and been building for quite some time early on or late, late in the seventies. And, uh, well, they stormed the embassy and took a lot of hostages, but there was six that made it out and, um, through a back entrance into the main street and they took refuge in the movie. Um, before I get deep into it, this movie is directed by Ben Affleck. I mean, he, we all know he directed, um, Goodwill Hunting, when he was younger, with uh, Matt Damon, and that was fucking masterpiece. This one, this one, I mean, nailed it for me. <laughs> I love the movie. I watch it several times, so I, I, I watch it whenever I feel like it. It's just one of those movies that just, just a, it just requires just a, a certain amount of your time. It's not, it's not violent. It's not a head thinking movie. You don't have to get involved, but it's it's suspenseful. Even though you've watched it several times or whatever, you still just get that. You still get a little bit antsy during, throughout the scenes, but uh, directed by Ben Affleck, produced by about nine different dudes. Obviously, one of them's um, George Clooney and uh, the other one's Chris Brigham. Um, writers are, um, funny enough, one of the writers is actually uh, Ben Affleck's character, which is uh, he's Tony Mendez, and obviously he portrays the real life Tony Mendez, who worked for the CIA as an ex ex-fil guy. And uh he wrote the book and being that it was massive classified operation because of numerous governments that's connected to getting these guys out of the country. Um, so he's the writer and then Chris Torillo is the writer. He's also the writer for um uh Star Wars' Rise of the walk um Rise of Walker or Skywalker, sorry. Justice League, Batman vs. Superman, all that kind of stuff. So he's also a very good writer. This this movie won Oscars, three of them. Uh Best Picture uh best writer and best achievement in film editing it was nominated for uh, sorry it was nominated for a total of 153 awards throughout the the nomination year and um actually it was up for it actually won 993 awards uh, like bafta or all that kind of shit. so (laughs) imagine that a film that wins 93 awards nominates for 153 it's pretty good odds um So Ben Affleck didn't win Best Actor or anything like that, but um, the movie won Best Picture, which I think that's what you're gun for, right? And um, and Best Writer is also a good one. So yeah, as as far as the story goes, you know, Ben Affleck's character Tony Mendez is obviously a CIA operative, um, deals in exfiltration, uh, ex um, exfil, which is you know basically he's the guy you get to plan to get people out, and In this case, well, six Americans in a very, very hostile area all looking for it. Well, they didn't even know. Throughout this movie, the hostages were um, obviously captured and uh, there was a fair few of them. And the six that got out, well, the the actual, the Revolutionary Guard and the military, they didn't know there were six missing until they started um, digging in through all the files when they were ransacking the place. And that's where they come across a mug book, which was, apparently hilarious because you know we always get done by our own stupidity so in order to keep records of all your workers someone took mug shop book and kept it in the safe at the embassy so all that do is get a hold of it but they shredded it so once they found out um that there was six missing they just started scouring through all the all the little bits of shred getting little like a sweatshop thing going where the kids were just um i think that whatever that um, art project you used to do in school, we used to get your picture and you'd cut it all into thin lines and then you cross hatch it just so you can get the pictures to sort of, you know, so they started doing that. And obviously that's where the intensity of the movie comes from because meanwhile they're looking for them. And then, of course, they're just hiding out in the Canadian house, uh, the Canadian ambassador's house, which is funny because throughout the movie I did some research and it says that New Zealand ambassadors um, – embassy and the uh, British embassy turned them down so they had to f- go to the Canadian embassy but it was an actual fact it was they had lived at the British embassy for six to seven days and when it wasn't the best place for them the six said we should go to the Canadian embassy and the New Zealand um, security for the New Zealand embassy actually transported them over there. but. Um, ben Affleck wrote uh, that he he wanted to build tension in the movie, so he just left them in the one in, – in the script, he left them in the one house, so that's why he wrote. Uh, New Zealand and British turned them away. He had to go to Canadian. So obviously, to build tension in the movie, he wanted them to be in the one spot, living together for like 89 days in, this, in the movie um, just to – So they could be all edgy and you're on edge because you're like, oh, wow, if you get into their psyche, imagine being in one house for 89 days. Um, They look like they're all smokers. looks like everyone was a smoker back then. They were all drinkers and they weren't allowed to go outside. So you could just imagine. So if you put yourself in their shoes, you're feeling a bit – you're feeling a bit fucking cramped up. So that's where the tension build comes from, from Ben Affleck's point. Ben plays a super cool part in this movie. I mean, I love all of his acting. It's just – but he's very – he's very ah oh, just very low key with it like he's he's obviously a, he's in in his head he's uh that's his specialty so he's calm get things done kind of guy no situations too tough and by the look of it he doesn't lie so every time they ask him certain things he straight up answers so when he builds the when he builds the covers um it was funny because they're all, all the state and the FBI and all these people had all these ideas of how to get them out and none of the ideas were any good. And, of course, Ben Affleck's idea to make a, a movie, uh, a fake movie as they call it. Um, and when he's asked, um, is there any good ideas? And he goes, they're all bad ideas. This is just the best bad idea we've got. So they run with it, which is it's pretty funny. But you know, at the end of the day, it seems like it was all about not exposing the fact that if they got caught, that the U.S. government would look embarrassing—I mean, they would be embarrassed—or the Canadian government would be embarrassed, blah blah, because they got caught at the border. And you know, it, it seems silly, right, to to fund a fake movie just to get people out. But you know what? That's what they had to do back then. Thank God, technology wasn't on, wasn't around back then, because uh, well, they would have been found out by facial recognition straight up, and also they the, they would have mobile phones, and some <laughs> so so many of the intense scenes in this movie would have just Non-existent if there was technology involved, because there's one part that just cracks me up that they're going through. Um, uh, once they find out that there's some dudes missing, um, or no, when they go into the bazaar. So the bazaar is a, a marketplace, which if you've ever watched the the Argo movie, is I think based off sort of like the Dune Dune movies, where it's spice markets in the in the in the exotic Middle East, uh, sand desert type stuff. And when they go to the Bizarro which is where that magic carpet or flying carpet kind of stuff and the spice market and the trades, that's where it is. And when they're walking through there, people are taking their photo or some Revolutionary Guard guy's taking their photo. Now, if technology was there, (laughs) he'd just be like take a photo, send a text to his boss, say, check out these guys. Obviously, the photos had to be developed. That took like two days. And by the time they eventually got them, it was literally probably like two hours to, to get the word out that they found them. So um, you know, that was that was that cracked me up that part. But no technology involved in this movie. It's just straight up. So obviously Ben Affleck's not the only one that deserves a mention Is Brian Cranston plays um his boss in the CIA. And he's just phenomenal. Look, as I say in a lot of my other podcasts, if you can watch a movie where you forget that the actual actor is playing the role and you you don't see Brian Cranston or you don't see Ben Affleck. You sort of just see the you see Tony Mendez, and um, and John Goodman. Uh, his character was uh, John Chambers, who's famous um, on set makeup artist, and he also in real life John Chambers uh, won himself an Oscar for his um, for his skills on a movie a while back. So he's like the first ever Oscar winner to be brought in to a movie like this and then be part of the Best Picture Oscar as well, which is pretty cool. But John Goodman plays his part. Once again, everyone knows John Goodman, but you don't really notice – you kind of notice a John Chambers. I don't know. That That's just me. That's my. This is all my opinion. You guys could probably say the movie's shit. You could probably say the actors aren't that great, but it's what I get out of the movie and I want to see if you do too. It's just that. but. One guy you do notice playing the role, and I think it's because he's the same in every movie. and That's just his acting. Is Alan Arkin? He is he is amazing in any movie. He's in, he's blunt, funny, to the point, kind of tell you how it is, and it, he does that in every role. So I'm, I'm certainly I certainly love the cast that this had a huge cast that that was just those guys, and there was 273 other cast members. Um, filming locations. This is another thing I love about movies that they can they can definitely just. Wield the camera to make you see what you think you see, um, because this movie was never filmed in Iran at all or Tehran. No, not at all. The Tehran airport scene in this movie at the end and throughout it's filmed in Ontario, Ontario, Canada. It doesn't even look like it. the foreground. They got the mountains and stuff like that. They do look a little bit rocky, but I'm assuming they've either altered that or it actually is the Canadian Rockies in the foreground. Uh, most of the other parts, the scenes where he meets the special op- operative before he goes to the uh, Ministry of Arts in uh, is in Istanbul. Um, the rest of it's filmed in LA. That's it. Like the even the I think even the museum scene. Is the museum is an old, or well, one of the scenes is an old hospital in in um, downtown LA. So that's um, that's pretty. that's pretty funny, but you know what. I suppose that's for good reason because at some point after this movie was filmed that um, the government in, was it Tehran or Iran, one of them, Iran, they tried to sue, they wanted to sue Ben Affleck. They hired a hotshot lawyer to go after the, the movie, basically citing that they made this movie in order to make them look bad so they can create tension and aggravation between the the, the countries and they wanted to... They wanted to have Ben Affleck arrested on um, war crimes with the intent of going to war or creating a scenario where war was likely. And obviously it went before a French uh, court, which I'm not sure whether that, uh, that's not the Hague. I'm not sure who that is, why it would go to Paris, like France. But anyway, he passed, he dismissed it and just said it it was boundless, it was groundless, there was nothing worth doing. So obviously it was off the hook. It was probably sensitive in nature. Look apparently according to president carter when he watched this movie um he wrote or he said that it says that america did a lot it shows that america did a lot of the groundwork and the ideas behind getting them out of the country but um turns out it was a 90 percent of canada actually did it um and that was you know brave on their part but obviously when america makes the movie it's sort of shows it from their perspective so therefore we're going to think they did all the groundwork but mostly of it come from the canadians and uh you know super sensitive movie that's why it all the hostages were released in 1981 they were in they were in being held for 444 days of torturous days i can imagine that part i'm confused on so they were held for 441 days but yet those six were let out uh were not let out they escaped the country Around the ninety-day mark, I think it was. So there was still a shitload, like a year, left before the other hostages released. So, I mean, the six, six Americans might have felt happy that they were free, but Jesus Christ, what about the other guys who were getting taken down the firing lines and fakely executed just to scare the shit out of them, just because they could do that to them? Anyway, so look, it's a brilliant movie, even to the point where they when they go chasing the role and they come across the Argo script and obviously it, it's perfect, it's everything they need to and, and just the, the effort that they went to to make a fake movie, I mean, it's a, that's a level of skill and obviously uh, they were being cautious because a lot of the revolutionary guards were highly, highly intelligent and were educated. Um, had American, well, not English, educated in English, but I think more Americans. Some of them went to school in America and whatnot. So they were very, very smart people. So they need to cover all bases. And in this case, it worked out for them. But nerve wracking moments in this film. And when they finally were all freed, the hostages and whatnot, then the movie got declassified in the late 90s, I think it was. So they've been sitting on this story. No one knew about it. Uh, it was set for the Canadians, of course, um, uh, because they were the ones who did it. But no one knew that the CIA had an, any involvement except for the people that were involved, um, at all until you know in the late '90s, and that's when Tony Mendez, who apparently you get to see in the movie, um, I didn't pick him up, uh, but when Ben Affleck gets dropped off to the airport, um, in t- East, uh, on his way out to. Istanbul apparently in the background behind Ben Affleck, Tony Mendez, his real life act, uh, character, walk straight past him, so he gets a bit of a little little extras cameo role. And a lot of the families of the six hostages, uh, six um, American residents to the Canadian embassy, were on a bus. I think one of the bus scenes there. That's the entire family members got to be in there. As as um, you know, even even. Another interesting – I think Ben Affleck is a huge Led Zeppelin fan uh, uh, and he wanted a song played. I didn't actually catch the name of the song but I did find out that the level of detail that went into it, um, he chased and chased the the um, the acceptance. Of, oh, I think that's not really the word but he wanted the song played in the movie and um, – he had to get their approval, and when he put it in the scene where um, the Canadian ambassador puts the needle down on the record, uh, it it he puts it down on the start of the record on the, on track number one, and it's not that's not the right track. So yeah, so basically, um, yeah, Tate Donovan's character, which is uh, Ken Taylor, he's the Canadian embassy, basically puts the record in, puts the needle down, and obviously. Um, it was the song called When the Lever Breaks, that's right, yep. And he wanted it in there because he loved it. Obviously, they watched it and said, yeah, we'll let you have the song in there, but we need you to alter the scene because the needle should be on the inner side of the record because that's actually the track. That's <laughs> the position on the record. So Ben Affleck was like, wasn't even going to argue. He's like, fuck yeah, alright they're going to let me have the song in there. I'm going to do that. Cost him a whole day of reshooting. Just so they could change that scene where the needle got gets put from the outside of the record to the inside in order to get it right for the for the um for the Zeppelin crew. So that's that's pretty funny. I love that kind of shit in a in a movie, the quirky things and stuff like that. There's not much in the way of I tried to look up a fair bit of trivia with this movie, and to be honest, it's it's real kind of you know the only trivia really is the Tony Mendez passing behind Ben Affleck um, with his family, his whole family, real life family when he's dropped off at the airport. That's basically it. The Hollywood sign, I think, that it'd been broken. I think they did something for that. Um, You know, the actors, um, the actors that are um, refugees in the House of the Canadian Ambassador, Ben Affleck as the director asked them all to live together for a week or two weeks, I'm not sure, so they could get used to each other while being dressed in 1979's, Clothing and decor in the house. Imagine that. When you're taking a role for a movie, all right. What do you got to do to study up? Well, we've got to learn some lines, but we've also got to dress up 1979 style and live in a house that's basically fucking the Brady Bunch, and um, yeah, live with each other for about a week, maybe two, just to just to get a feel for the for the shit, you know. <laughs> oh, getting paid to do that stuff would be pretty awesome so yeah well you know what this movie ticks all the boxes for me um i've, I've always loved it and i ha- i happened to be off on holidays when the oscars came on so when i saw ben affleck except the except the, the friggin golden man and george Clooney up there on stage with him too it was the coolest thing in the world because you know i've always liked ben affleck and his stuff so wanted to give it a go all right as always guys thanks for listening and quote you one more thing from the movie and it's my favorite part and i will tell you to Argo, uh, go fuck yourself <laughs> have a watch if you haven't guys chat to you later